0: Greetings brothers and sisters, Brother John back and today we're discussing why salvation by works is the predominantly held viewpoint And we're also going to talk about who shall enter into the kingdom of God And whether salvation is by works, or by faith, or perhaps by both And much more, so let's get straight to it There are many reasons the belief that salvation comes as a result of works is the most commonly held viewpoint First off, many people expect God to evaluate us the same way that we evaluate one another. As long as the good outweighs the bad, everything's okay. Do enough good things and you will make God happy and make it into heaven. This is a misunderstanding and it is based on the idea that being good enough can grant a person access to God in heaven. However, God is perfect, and His standard is perfection. Only through His Son, Jesus, can a person be made right with God and receive eternal life. Secondly, many misunderstand the commands about doing good deeds in the Bible as the basis of salvation. However, the Bible is clear that doing good deeds is the result of salvation, it's not the basis of it. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 clearly state, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. The Bible does include many commands regarding righteous behaviors to embrace and sinful behaviors to oppose. However, a person does not enter into heaven based on how well he or she performs or excels in these areas. Instead, salvation is provided as a free gift, according to John chapter three, sixteen, that states, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And Romans chapter six, verse twenty-three, adds, For the wages of sin is death, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Many today are similar to the woman at the well in John chapter 4. When it comes to the gift of God's salvation, we see Jesus from a human perspective while he speaks of eternal life. When Jesus addresses her, he said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Our focus must be to see life from his perspective, rather than our limited human view. When we do, we find that he already loves us and offers salvation freely to those who believe. But what it comes down to is pride. You see, salvation by works seems right in the eyes of man. One of man's basic desires is to be in control of his own destiny, and that includes his eternal destiny. Salvation by works appeals to man's pride and his desire to be in control. Being saved by works appeals to that desire far more than the idea of being saved by faith alone. Therefore, it is natural that when man creates a religion, it would involve some type of salvation by works. And this is exactly what we see in Islam, in Judaism, in Buddhism, etc every ism every religion out there they have some type of salvation that is based upon the works of men and their good deeds outweighing their bad the only exception is christianity which is salvation through the free gift of god and this is because salvation by works appeals to man's sinful nature it forms the basis of almost every religion except for biblical christianity Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 tells us that there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Salvation by works seems right to men, which is why it is the predominantly held viewpoint. That is exactly why biblical Christianity is so different from all other religions. It is the only religion that teaches salvation is a gift of god and not of works for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of god not by works so that no one can boast ephesians 2 8 through 9 another reason why salvation by works is the predominantly held viewpoint is that the natural or unregenerate man Does not fully understand the extent of his own sinfulness or of God's holiness. You see, man's heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's from Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. And God is infinitely holy. The deceit of our hearts is the very thing that colors our perception of the extent of that deceit. And it is what prevents us from seeing our true state before a God whose holiness we are also unable to fully comprehend. But the truth remains that our sinfulness and God's holiness combined to make our best efforts as filthy rags before a holy God. The thought that man's good works could ever balance out his bad works is totally unbiblical. Not only that, but the Bible also teaches that God's standard is nothing less. Than 100% perfection if we stumble in keeping just one part of God's righteous law we are as guilty as if we had broken all of the law and that is from James chapter 2 verse 10 therefore there is no way we could ever be saved if salvation truly were dependent upon our own works for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. There are simply too many verses that teach that salvation is by faith alone for any Christian to believe otherwise. While salvation by works might be the predominantly held viewpoint, it is not the correct and accurate one biblically. The Bible contains abundant evidence of salvation by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. The notion that we are saved by faith alone is anchored in the teachings of Jesus. For instance, Jesus commends the faith of the centurion, noting that he did not find such faith in Israel. We see in the account of the sinful woman who broke into Jesus' dinner with Simon the Pharisee a stunning reminder of faith. This woman was well known for her sin, and she expressed her sorrow with her tears that fell on Jesus' feet, with her hair with which she washed them dry, and with kisses and perfume lavished on his feet. Jesus commended her love, but her love flowed out of the forgiveness freely received. Hence, the story concludes with the declaration, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. We have a dramatic indication in the story that forgiveness is by faith alone, and such faith brings peace. And that's not the only story. There are many others. Such as the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector also indicates that forgiveness and justification are not granted to the Pharisee who was so proud of his acts of righteous devotion. Instead, Jesus pronounced that the one who is right before God is the tax collector who realizes that his only hope is. Is God's mercy Jesus's meals with sinners and tax collectors point to the same truth such meals in the ancient world signified social acceptance and by eating with tax collectors Jesus communicated acceptance forgiveness and love to those that believed in him for the forgiveness of their sins the gospel of John emphasizes the importance of faith using the verb believe 85 times to underscore the importance of faith. At one point, the Jews ask what they have to do to perform God's works, and Jesus replies to them, believe in the one he has sent. John emphasizes repeatedly that those who believe enjoy eternal life. One is not saved by working for God, but by believing in God. Paul teaches that justification. And the gift of the Spirit are received by faith instead of by the works of the law. This can be found in Romans chapter 3 and Galatians chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 5, chapter 10, etc. Romans chapter 3 verse 28 says that we are justified by faith alone and not by the works of the law. Now, to touch on the many sins that are mentioned in the Bible, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, such as envy, murder, drunkenness, lies, etc. Have you not read 1 Corinthians chapter 15? Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. You see... Our flesh and blood bodies are sinful, and they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Our flesh is corruption. But behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. You see, At the rapture, we will be changed from corruption into incorruption. We will finally be holy as God is holy, and we will be perfect as God is perfect. Only then, once we are born again of the Spirit, will we be able to enter into the kingdom of God. For flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We are all sinners. In our fleshly state, we cannot enter into the kingdom. You must be born again of the Spirit. At the rapture, we're going to be born again. We're going to be changed from corruption to incorruption. No sin can enter into the kingdom of God. Therefore, we must be born again. For this corruption must put on incorruption. And this mortal What is the strength of sin? It is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So in conclusion, who shall enter into the kingdom of God? The one that enters in through the narrow gate. That is Jesus Christ. For righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ. For you see, there was only ever one person that was ever obedient to the law, and his name is Yeshua, that is Jesus Christ. And for as by Adam were all made sinners, so by the obedience of Jesus Christ shall all be made righteous. You see, it is Jesus Christ's righteousness, it is his obedience. That is imputed onto us. It is credited to our accounts. It is his righteousness. That is credited to us. You don't enter into the kingdom of God. Because of your own obedience. It is because of the obedience of Jesus Christ. We are all sinners. And this is the reason why we all need Christ. We need Jesus' righteousness to be credited to us. For by faith are we saved through grace it is not by works it's the gift of God and to those that say that salvation by faith alone is unbiblical there is tons and tons of scripture in the Bible that backs salvation by faith alone and if I was to go ahead and read every single verse to you this video would go on for countless hours But I believe that we can sum this all up in one verse, and that is John chapter 6, verse 40, that says, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. This is the will of the Father, that all that believe in Jesus Christ will have eternal life, And that he will raise them up at the last day. This is the resurrection of the righteous that will inherit the kingdom of God. And what is the requirement? The requirement is faith. You have to believe in Jesus Christ. That is the only requirement. This is not my will, but this is my Father's will. If you don't believe me, at least believe the will of the Father who cannot lie. Notice that God's will is not that we be obedient to the law or that we do many good deeds, but it is that we believe in the one that he sent. That is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I tell you all right now, I am not counting on my own works to save me. For I know that all of my self-righteousness is but filthy rags to the Lord. I have no righteousness. I am wholly dependent on Christ, for my righteousness and for my salvation. I know that I myself will never be worthy to enter into God's kingdom. But my lamb is worthy. And my lamb is my only hope and my only ticket to get into God's kingdom. And my lamb is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that is without blemish. For Jesus is the only way to enter into the kingdom of God. There is no other way, and we are saved by God's grace. Thanks to our Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, his righteous bloodshed was the full payment for all of our sins. He died for the sins of the world. What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in Jesus Christ alone to save you? Or are you like the Pharisees, trusting in their own obedience to the law and trusting in their own self-righteousness? I tell you today, trust in Christ. He fulfilled the law for us. This is why he had to die on the cross. Because he knew we could never earn our way into the kingdom of God through obedience to the law. He made a way for us where there was no way. He made it as simple as believing on him and not by the obedience to the law because he already obeyed the law unto death. You cannot obey the law because you are already a sinner. You are guilty. If you kill someone and go to court and tell the judge, yeah I know I killed somebody but I repent and I'm going to be obedient from now on. The judge is going to sentence you to life in prison because you are already guilty. In the same way we are all sinners it only takes one sin and you are guilty of death for the wages of sin is death and we have all sinned we are all guilty therefore stop thinking that we can somehow earn our way into the kingdom of god we cannot we're all sinners no sinner can enter into god's kingdom Therefore, the only way to get into the kingdom of God is through faith in Jesus Christ, who is the only one that the Father is well pleased with. For Christ is the Lamb of God without blemish, meaning without sin. He is perfect and holy. We all need Jesus' righteousness. Stop trusting in your own dead, filthy works to save you. Trust in God. Your faith is what saves you. If you are trusting in your own self-righteousness, If you're trusting in your own obedience to the law, then you have been deceived. You're trusting in your own works. You're not trusting in Jesus to save you. Your obedience will never save you. You are flesh. You are a sinner. You are corruptible. If you were to be judged on your works, you, like us all, would be condemned to death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. But the gift of God, it is a gift. You don't earn a gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Put your trust in Jesus. Stop trusting in your own self-righteousness. Your obedience to the law will never be enough for you to enter into the kingdom of God. Because Jesus is the only way into the kingdom. And you enter into the kingdom through faith in Jesus Christ. By faith you are saved. It is your faith that saves you. Amen. That's all for now, brothers and sisters. I love you all and God bless you all and Maranatha.